0: The top players and legends
1: to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP.
0: Now we're talking football. Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of John the Pads. I'm delighted to have back here the magnificent Andy Gray. I had him on the show a
1: few weeks ago. He's been ever so kind. Generous with his time again And I know it's late in the UK So I'm extremely grateful for him Giving his time here As we do a review of the English Premier League uh, we would talk about the main talking points And some of the things that have already happened Incredible less than 30 days away Until the Community Shield again um, First of all Andy It's been a long season mate I'm sure you're looking forward to your break And getting rid of people like myself and Callum So thank you so much for taking the time to do this mate um, quick, a quick, uh, quick summary of the season you've just seen
0: Wow, uh, how do you sum it up, uh, guys? It's, it's it's very difficult to do a season the likes of which we've never seen before, and hopefully, and I say hopefully, we will never see again. Um, strange end. Um, I was I was certainly one of those people who wanted the season finished on the football pitch. Uh, I think the way they got it done, most leagues, was a, a tremendous effort from everyone involved, the authorities, the coaches. Uh, the players, the staff, I think what they, they did to get the quality of football we saw in those last 10 games in the Premier League uh, was was real testimony to how well they did. I, I was very impressed with how they went about it. and There were no games that I saw either guys that were sort of given away. Um, these were games that were, even without the crowds there, were, were contested. as as highly as they could be so full marks to the players for being able to do that the coaches for getting them up to a certain level and the authorities for getting the whole thing on but I I sincerely hope as you guys I'm almost certain do too that we won't be seeing a season like that again
2: Well that's very true and I imagine as an Evertonian you mean that for Liverpool winning the league as well Andy? (laughs) Listen
0: Of course, as an Evertonian, I would like Everton to be winning the league and Liverpool not to be. But you also cannot deny when you see quality in front of you. Um, What they've achieved over the last couple of seasons Mm -hmm. in particular has been absolutely terrific. And if it drives Everton on as an ex-Evertonian, then I will be delighted. If it lifts the levels that Everton have got to the stage where they need to be doing more, then that would be great. But we cannot deny that a team that's lost, what, four games yeah. in the last two seasons doesn't deserve to win to win the league. So, you know, they've been terrific. Uh, they've been great at the back. They've had the just the best defence in the league. Um, and, you know, they've won games kind of differently this year, I feel. You know, I, if you look at last season when they went so close and only lost one game and didn't win the league, I honestly believe, and I might get shot down by Liverpool fans, but I don't care. I honestly <laughs> believe they played better last season, mm. over the season. I think they've won games this season that uh, they've had to dig in really deep and they've had little things go their way. I think they'd be first to admit that. But at the end of the day, they've, they've won it by you know, 18 points. It's You cannot argue with the quality that they've shown. But now they're there. They're the number one team. They're there to be shot at. We wait and see. Uh, if they can handle it the way great teams like Manchester United under Fergie like Guardiola's side when they won back-to-back titles Chelsea when they won back-to-back titles it's not easy to win back-to-back titles in the Premier League so We'll get an idea next year. But they've, they've certainly set the standard and the others need to get to that standard.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the things about Liverpool, look, uh, to win the league, they had to do something that I thought in itself was extremely difficult and that was improve and be better than Manchester City because on the Guardiola, mm-hmm. Man City have been at such a high level. You know, they, They've ripped teams yeah. apart. I mean, they've been putting cricket scores in a lot of games yeah. in the Premier League and they've just been so far ahead of everyone else. So he's done that, but you said something around it was quite interesting. You felt that they played better last season. And it looked like once they wrapped the title up, and maybe this is normal, uh, they lost a little bit of intensity. For Liverpool to carry on doing what they're doing, it's high-intensity football. They need luck with injuries. Uh, It's very, very difficult to ask that of players every single season. The Premier League's a very, very hard season. It's a long season. And there's not Mm. massive amounts of money at Liverpool. Maybe they can improve in Roberto Firmino. Is this a summer where a club needs to add to that squad?
0: I, I always believe that uh, when you're winning things um, or when you're close to winning things, sometimes, guys, sometimes the important thing in the summer is not so much who you get in, it's who you don't lose. You know, yeah. I think there are murmurings right now that they might lose Mane, they could lose Salah, you know, they, they might lose another one. So it's important for Liverpool that they don't. If they can keep the players that they have that have been there for the last two seasons and, and won the Champions League, then the league, um, and keep them together and add a couple of quality players. You don't need much. They've got a couple of good young kids coming through. The likes of Curtis Jones and the likes uh, are going to be good players um, that will keep everyone on their toes. But I do believe that, that below their best eleven. In certain areas, they're a bit short. I agree with you. If they got injury, I mean, they're so fortunate. The front three never carried an injury at all all season. Uh, They've virtually played every game, the three of them. But below them, with the likes of Ariga and, and whoever else is there, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just not as good as nowhere near. So they need to get a little bit better support, and that's what they'll be looking to do, rather than buying, rather than spending. Timo Werner, for instance, there was much talk about Timo mm. Werner going to Liverpool. Where would you have played him? Where would you have played him? You know, would you have played him in Firmino's place? No, they love Firmino. So then he plays from the wide areas a lot of time in Germany as well. It's very mm. effective playing from out to in. So would he take Manny's place? No. Would he take Salah's place? No. So, you know, Timo Werner's not going to sign for Liverpool and play in a few cup games, a few league games, and not play in big Champions League games because the other three are, are, are the number one men. So that's what Liverpool have got to cope with. They've got to cope with the, who can you get in. I mean, who do you, how do you say to somebody who's a, who's a right-back, we want to buy you, you're a really good player. Uh, who's, a, who's playing there? Trent Alexander-Arm, age is 21. How good is he? He's arguably the best fullback in the world. Oh, right, well, I'm not coming, sorry. I'm not <laughs> going to get a game. So I'll go somewhere else where I'm going to play. So I think what you've got to do, Young, um, uh, is it's not so much... Um, who he gets in it's who he doesn't lose if he he keeps the players that he wants to keep um, then I think they'll be strong and if he adds a couple of really good squad players so if they do pick up a couple of injuries they can rotate the squad and not suffer too much then I think that's what he'll do I don't see him going out and spending 100 million on anyone or 80 million on anyone I really don't because I don't know where you'd fit him in
2: right now yep You mentioned the fact it was an 18-point gap. Just how surprised, Andy, were were you with a drop-off of Manchester City? I know Laporte had had a quite serious injury, but a team like Manchester City, you wouldn't expect them to to drop off due to the absence of one player?
0: No, it's it's hard to to, to, uh, explain what went wrong with them. Uh, If you look at the stats, if you just look at the stats in the league, um, we talk about Laporte being out and their defence being leaky, but they only conceded two more goals in Liverpool. Two. Two. Yeah. And we've talked about how good Liverpool are at the back. But, on the other hand, at the top end of the pitch, they've scored nearly 20 goals more than Liverpool. So they're doing something right. But I do believe that in certain games where they've been a little sloppy, a little shoddy, I mean, I look back to right at the beginning of the season, I look back to Carroll Road, when they went there and got thumped 3-0 with Norwich City. A very poor Norwich City. You know, Liverpool didn't have days like that. But Manchester City had too many... Days like that and, and I think that's what happened um, and mainly they just they couldn't keep up the level of consistency the way they had it for the two years previously but listen guys that shouldn't be a criticism of what, they, what they've done you know they finished first, first and second in the last three seasons Yeah, that, that, that's not bad that's pretty consistent but what Guardiola will worry about is the drop off in points you're right you know 81 points it's, it's a pretty good season normally in the Premier League but because of what City and Liverpool have done the last three seasons, eighty-one points looks rather poor. Um, that would no, that would normally go very close to winning a league. What City got this year, but they came nowhere near it. So, yeah, I think they need shoring up at the back. They have a worry over Aguero. Yeah. How long can the little man keep producing the goods and stay free of injury? He's picked up another injury. Is he going to be fit for the Champions League? We don't know, but hope so. Is Jesus the the one they want? You know. They've lost David Silva. Who steps into his shoes? I mean a quite magnificent footballer for the last ten years. Genius. Mm-hmm. Magical. Have they got is Phil Foden good enough to step into his shoes? Or you know, that, that that's that's the things that they've got to find out. But I think in a lot of areas of the pitch guys that City are really good, really strong. But I think centre back they've, they've they've got a problem. And maybe left back they have a little problem. You know, if Laporte stays fit, I think he's terrific and good enough. Can they find a partner for them? Liverpool have got a selection of them. You know, they've got Van Dijk, and then they've got Joe Gomez, Matip, uh, Lovren. They've got three or four that could play in there at centre-back. City haven't. And I think that's cost them in big games. Uh, and it's also cost them in the likes of against Norwich, when they should be beating those teams quite comfortably. Yeah. But a little warning to everybody. Uh, we've seen what they've been like, apart from maybe that one game at Chelsea, post-COVID, post-lockdown and they've just battered teams they've been getting fours and fives every, every time they're on to a football pitch so they've found something just in time for the Champions League and you yeah. know maybe it's Champions League here this year maybe mm-hmm. Liverpool and, and, and City are going to swap trophies yeah. uh, from last year but uh, that would be nice and that would be what Pep wants uh, I think he has this um, monkey on his back so to speak that the only time he's ever won the, the, the Champions League is, is when he's been at Barcelona and when he's had Messi inside. Yeah. I think the coach he is, guys, that he'll want to prove to everybody that a he doesn't need Barcelona and b he doesn't need Messi to win the Champions League, and and I think this is a really good year for him to 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 win it. I think they, I think if they get through Madrid. And, and I think they will but I don't think it'll be easy I think they've got a real good chance
1: Yeah, I mean it's absolutely absurd that people are even questioning the guy you know he's just an, he's a genius football manager a magnificent mm. coach and uh, mm. yeah you're quite right if they were to win the Champions League they'd have taken that to the start of the season aren't they um, I want to ask you yeah. about uh, Bielsa coming up because a lot of talk about him leading out our Premier League football club let's be honest it's a massive football club uh-huh. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it back in the Premier League I'm also looking forward to seeing Bielsa and his, his legionary team. What should we expect from him in Leeds
0: next season? Uh, do you know what? It's a, it's a difficult one uh, to answer. I, like you guys, am fascinated at Bielsa coming up. We yeah. know that Guardiola is a disciple. We know that <clears throat> many other coach, great coaches throughout the world are disciples of Marcelo Bielsa. But the Premier League's is a, a tough league. We saw when Pep came to it, the first season he arrived, he really struggled to put teams together to put everything together didn't have a great season but learnt an awful lot now do we expect Bielsa to come up and sweep Leeds into the top six I don't I really don't but I will be fascinated to see how he goes about it could he emulate what Chris Wilder's done I mean what he has done at Sheffield United yep. apart from the dropping off a little bit after the, the lockdown it's been sensational it has. I think if you gave Bielsa and Leeds that a top 10 finish and the way they've they've gone about their season, he would snap their hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leeds would, and Leeds fans would. Yeah. But I think it's um, it's a fascinating one, and I can't wait to see how they go about it. You know, it's one thing uh, to win the championship, and they were worthy winners, I think. I don't think anyone would argue with that. They got over the line in the end quite comfortably. But have they got the, 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 the group that's got enough quality in there? I think they've got some good players. Um... You know, But have they got enough goals in them at the Premier League level? I worry about that. I'm not sure Bamber's got enough goals in him. He's a little bit like Tammy Abraham, but I don't think as good as Tammy Abraham. Mm. Um, so they might struggle for goals in many ways, so they're going to have to be really solid at the back if that's the case, the way Sheffield United were. Great example. Not a lot of goals in Sheffield United this year, but my goodness, they could defend and look where they finished the league. So. It might be a case that Bielsa spends maybe a bit of this season learning about the Premier League, learning about the quality that's in there and how to go about it. But I, like you guys, I'm really fascinated to see um, how this man with this huge reputation uh, copes in the Premier League.
2: I'm really interested, Andy, to get your view and perspective on Leicester City. Just sum up, from your perspective, having watched the games week in, week out, just how they managed to throw away the gap they had over Manchester United to... To, to miss out on a Champions League place?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the writing um, was was on the wall, guys. Pre lockdown, mm-hmm. I think that um, there was a time that Leicester, just before we went into lockdown, uh, if you look at the results, were really, you know, way I mean, way back. If you look at the year at the turn of the year, um, or even since December, uh, the the wins have been very poor. I'm looking at this, that the, what they've done, and from January the first, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. they won five league games since January the first. Yeah. Now that shows you that even pre-lockdown there were signs there that um, that Leicester were just feeling the heat a little bit. Um, Brendan was unlucky with injuries. He had lots of injuries post-lockdown. His back four at the end of the season was unrecognisable from the back four that had taken him into the top four quite comfortably at the beginning of the season. So that, that was a hindrance to them. That I think they suffered in that department. But not not anywhere else, really. I don't think they had any too bad injuries to, to midfield players that they would want or to Vardy. He played most of the season, was top goal scorer. So you've got the top goalscorer and land in your team. So he must be doing something right. So I think that, I don't know why, and Brendan will look at it and analyse his season and he'll have to come up with some answers because it was a fall-off, guys, of huge proportions. Yeah. you are right. I mean, I was talking at the beginning of the season with with Richard Keyes and when we were in Qatar doing the games and as we got to lockdown um, they had just thumped, I think, Villa 4, was it 4-0? Mm-hmm. Right on the last day of lockdown yeah. at Villa Park. I think they beat them easy.
1: Yeah, they did. Beat them just that. Yeah, they
0: did. They beat Aston Villa in March the ninth. Yeah, Easy, 4-0. And I'd say to Richard they needed that because they'd been struggling for victories. I thought, well, that'll just give them the impetus. But then When they came back for the last 10 games they had, they won two of them. So that was never going to be enough. And I think Brendan's going to sit down, he'll analyse what went wrong. I guess they missed Madison, didn't they? Yes,
1: big time. They missed
0: his craft and they missed his cunning uh, and his creativity. Uh, And that would be the big one. But the back four took a pounding and and they had to patch it up and it wasn't quite good enough to, to get them there. So it looked like it was... At the pre-lockdown, it was just Chelsea or Manchester United. We weren't even talking about Leicester missing out.
1: Yeah,
0: I think we all thought, well, that's that's them, that's Liverpool, that's Man City, that's Leicester done. So who between, at the time, it was obviously Chelsea, Man U, or, or basically Wolves. Who's going to do it? Who's going to see it out? And oh. then the other hand, they just collapsed, and it was it was it was sad to see because they had had such a good season. Yeah, and yet. They've got European football. If you gave them that in August, last August, he'd have taken it, Brendan. He really would have taken sure. it. Um, but having having been there for so long, they were probably in the top four for if the season ran, and it, probably, it nearly did, 300 days. They were probably in the top four for about 280 of them. Yeah. You know that's that's how a better pillar is to
1: swallow for them. Yeah, I mean, look, S'enchu was huge for them after Maguire. McGuire thought he was excellent, they lost him the last couple of games too, and I think yep. probably yep. they also need to maybe start looking at some, they're maybe a bit too reliant on Jamie Vardy at times for goals, um, that may be something that they need to look at, but you're right, James Madison and Sianchu the last couple of games was a big yep. loss to them. Speaking of, Manchester United sneak into that top four um, after a disastrous first half of the season, second half of the season uh, since January they've been the most consistent team in the league. What's your final analysis on Solskjaer? Uh,
0: if I was to sit here and be totally honest with you, I would say better than I thought.
1: Mm.
0: I thought Hollywood would struggle. Um, but do I believe that they are the finished article? Do I believe that um, they're, they're going to terrify teams next season. No, no, I don't. I think there's, there's still massive room for improvement. But they have a, a. I think they have now an opportunity to really make a statement in the next two, three years. When you look at the team, and I include the goalkeeper, who's, who's taken far too much stick for my liking and undeserved. He's made a couple of high-profile errors. Yes. But my goodness, David De Gea being called past it, I'd get rid of I mean, I, I just don't get it, guys. I'm sorry. Mm. And when you look at the rest of their team, the age of the team is terrific. Um, you look at that back four, pretty much set in stone at the moment. Midfield, good variation in midfield. Matic might be the only one you look at and think, well, you know, he might, might not make another two seasons, but he was terrific when he came in in the second half of the season and steadied the ship. You look at the front three, who would have thought that front three would have scored more goals than Liverpool's front three? I wouldn't. Yeah. But they did. So, he's got a lot going for them and they're all good ages and they've bought well. I think recruitment is always where you stand or fall these days as a big team. And and if I look at my old club Everton and I look at Villa, two of my, my old clubs who I've watched, and I look at Man United, I would have to say that Man United's recruitment has been terrific. Yeah, absolutely terrific whereas Villa having spent 140 million really really struggled this season managed to hang on in there and I think they'll be better for it and Everton's recruitment over the last five years not just last year but last five years has been ranked bad and nowhere near good enough so recruitment's all important um, but then you've got to win games now he's done part one for me Ollie he's got them into the Champions League um, now let's see if he can go and take them on to win things. And I'll judge him next season, when Mm -hmm. the season doesn't stop and start, but hopefully plays through, and we see where all he's uh, able to take this team to. But the potential, uh, the potential is there, guys. I don't think there's a doubt about that.
2: From the current Manchester United manager to the former Manchester United manager, Jose Mourinho, you have been very fortunate to work with him at BN Sports, and I really enjoyed his insight when he was on the show with yourself. Just what do you make of the Josie that we see at Tottenham? There's lots of talk in the media over here, Andy. As you'll be aware of. He's a he's an analog manager in a digital age. He's he's grumpy. He's not the same guy anymore. What's your perspective on Josie? And do you think he will win another big big trophy? Maybe whispers.
0: Um, I, I, I I see the criticism. I read it. I listen to it. I hear it. Um, Josie Barino is arguably one of the best coaches there's there's been in football. Um, his record tells you that. If you're telling me that a coach like him, who, what is he, mid-50s? Uh, he's
1: about that, yeah.
0: Is, is yesterday's man. I'm not having it. I'm seriously not. Um, and it'll be interesting. Uh, again, I've said I'm not judging Josie this season. Going in halfway through a season, and a team that was really flat. Flat! Mm-hmm. When, remember yeah. remember what he took over? He took over a team that was really on his belly, guys. And really, Pochettino had lost interest. Was The players had lost him. Um, they were going nowhere. They were losing game after game. You know he steadied the ship. He's 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 not been brilliant with the way he's played his football, but he had a job to do, and his job was he wanted to get European football. He achieved that. That was a quite a a, a decent um, showing from them, and and what he did to take them from where they were to a a, a a Europa League spot. I think would have given him. You saw at the end of the season when the game finished. How happy the squad were, that, that, that particularly his group of coaches around him. They were celebrating that, that victory at the end of the season as if they'd won the league themselves or as if they'd won the Champions League. It was hugely important to them to get into that Europa League. They've done that. Now, will they back him? And this is what I say about recruitment again, guys. Will they back him to get the right players in for Jose to move the team on? If they do, I don't go along with the fact that... Josie Mourinho is is, is is analog in a digital world. I don't. He, he's an easy target, Jose, because he is a bit of a pragmatist, and there's no doubt about that. But you know, there are a lot of pragmatic managers who have been hugely successful, you know, in this league. And 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 I think that just because he doesn't play the way uh, Guardiola does, doesn't make him unable to coach a successful side in the Premier League. It just makes him. A coach who coaches differently and I, I for one I'm a, I'm a huge fan of various ways of playing football I don't want to watch a Premier League where every team plays the same way I think we would be bored at of our skulls guys if that was the case yeah. I want to watch a Premier League the way it is now we've got the way City play we've got the way Liverpool play totally different Absolutely different. We've got the way uh, Chelsea play, different again. A little mixture of both with Chelsea. Sheffield United, who accommodate their lack of money by playing a certain way and get great success from it. Wolves play a different system to other teams but the vast majority of them. But look at the success they've had. I, I just think that we, we need variation in, in this and, and the way teams go about it to make the league good and to make the league sing and not for it to be dull and boring by the same team Having 900 passes in their own half and having about four chances in the game. I, 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 I hate to say it as an Evertonian, but I like watching the way Liverpool play. <laughs> they, they play fast football, they play forward football, they, they don't take 60 passes at the back when they could take five or six. They get the front three involved early. You only have to look at the assists that the two fullbacks have to show you what kind of team they are. Cross after cross after cross goes in their penalty area from right, from left. Um, and that's the type of football I like to watch. And, I, I'm, you know, as anyone, I shouldn't be saying that about Liverpool. <laughs> so the variation keeps us good. And I think, like, give Josie some money, give him a little bit of time. Let's judge him next year. If by the end of the season next year, lads, he's, he's really failed, he's really struggled, his team have been dull and boring and, and his players have lost interest, then I might agree with you or I might agree with the critics um, that, are, that are slagging him off. But I'm not going to slag off somebody like Jose Mourinho who
1: has achieved what he's achieved yeah. as a coach. Uh, no chance. Not now. Not La- last question, man, I oh, know it's late. Um, I wanna remind you of a piece of commentary that you said about Michael Owen once when he scored, I believe it was against Newcastle. And he said, I don't think I've ever seen the like of this lad in my life. I wanna ask you what does Mason Greenwood rate in comparison to the likes of Michael Owen and all these young phenomenal talents like Wayne Renewed have burst on the scene and ask you finally what yeah. what name me one or two big deals you think had done this summer?
0: Name me one or two. Sorry, like uh,
1: Name me name me one or two deals you think will get done this summer in terms of signings.
0: Oh, that's tough. Uh, with Mason Greenwood, first and foremost. Um, uh, from what I've seen, uh, and uh, there he has everything he needs uh, to be a fantastic footballer, and uh, he looks like nothing phases him. Um, terrific on his right, terrific on his left, beautifully balanced. Looks to have a good attitude, looks to have a good personality which I, I think are two important things in a footballer that we often forget um, but he looks to have both and he has, he has quality and talent and abundance so there's nothing the young man can't achieve if he doesn't want to it will be down to him and his coaches to bring that out consistently from him Deals that will be done this year I think we might be surprised and find that there aren't that many big deals that will be done this year um, I look at City. Look, they've, looks like they've just got Nathan Ackie, um, forty-one million. That was touted. That was voiced. So that that will. Mm-hmm. That's happened. You look at me like Chelsea have done the business. I don't see them doing much more. As I say about City, will they get someone else? They needed to send back. They've got Ake. Will they buy again? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm not too so sure they will. Liverpool, as I've said, more who they don't lose than who they buy. Then you go down the league, then you get to Tottenham and Leicesters of this world, and you just think to yourself, who's going to be the team that that probably would like to spend a few bob? I think it would be Tottenham. What deals will get over the line? I don't know, guys. I really don't. And I think we're all struggling to find deals that are going to be done purely because of what COVID has done to the game. Yeah. But I think the big the big boys, Chelsea, have got their job done. They've got theirs. Um. You know they've done the business, and I don't think they'll be doing much more. 150 million are very close to it spent already on three players who should bring huge quality to Chelsea and make them even better. Um, the team is lower down in the league, one I'll look at. They need to spend big again, and they need to get it right this time. They need a front man without a shadow, without they need a midfield player without a shadow, without, uh, and I think they might need a centre back as well. And so those are three areas that, that Everton need to strengthen. But where do you get them, guys?
1: Yeah, Where do you exactly. get these players? Exactly. This
0: is, the, this is the trouble. Everyone wants a centre forward who can score goals. Everybody. So where do you get them? It's really, really difficult. Really difficult. So sorry if I can't put names to clubs. All right. But I think there'll be a lot of the big boys. It won't be as busy, I don't think, this summer as it's been in the past. I think purely because of what COVID's done and, and people's prices. Jack Bielish <laughs> is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, if I look at players who might go um, he, I, I'd have him all day long I really would You don't I, agree with Graham? Sinis you know, his analysis business.
1: on him about uh, getting caught in possession yeah, too much I, I No
0: I don't No I don't I, I, I absolutely don't and I know Graham really well as you know yeah. he's a good pal of mine but no I don't getting caught in possession doesn't become a bad player I had you know, him on the show a few weeks ago player. So
1: I had Graeme on the show a few weeks ago so I'll have to tell him what you yeah. said <laughs> Go ahead
0: yeah, I mean I've, I've told him yeah. i have told it's not a no and it's a, listen it's a difference of opinion it's fine yeah. but I know Jack <laughs> really goes on that football pitch and he thinks I'm the best player at, at, at this club and we're struggling I need to make things happen because if I don't then we're really struggling so he takes a little bit more time on the football trying to make things happen he tries a little bit too hard sometimes trying to make things happen take all his ability take his good personality which I think he's got take his desire to su- succeed which I think he's got put it in a better side with better players and the pressure's less, not more, it's less because he doesn't feel he has to, every time he gets the ball, beat five players and score or slip somebody in to score. He knows he can he can knock balls off one-two, he can play little give-and-goes, he can give, give another player it because if he's at Manchester United, he can throw it to Greenwood and say, go on then, so now you go, or he can give it to Martial, or he can give it to Rashford. You know, he, he can do all that at a better side so the pressure on him to win with the ball and beat players and get caught in possession is less so I actually think he'll be a better player at a better club because of that that's my theory about Jack Grealish and, and if I was Manchester United I've had, I would have him I think Pogba's been really disappointing again post lockdown yep. I don't think Paul's contributed anything really
1: I have to agree with that um, and if I,
0: if, it was me, if I could get 80 million 90 million for Paul Pogba and get Jack Grealish for half of that
2: I'd do it. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that either. Andy, just before you go, sorry, Phil, can I have one very quick question? Wait. You've be, you've covered the yeah. Premier League since the very, very start, Andy. Um, you've seen everything that the Premier League's got to offer, but just sum up what for this season, what on earth, how do you? How on earth could you describe four managers in a season and Nigel Pearson going with two games to go? Yeah. Uh, I'm delighted with to them. I
0: really yeah. am. Um, they, listen, they've run their club, in a a strange way in a different way where they believed that multiple manager changes um, freshened everybody up buying experienced players meant that they could hang on in the league and earn their 130-140 million a season by staying in the league Um, but no one gets a chance to make a club to build a club to build a team Um, you can't have four managers in a year you can't Nigel two games from the end yeah. I mean, who does that? Insanity. Who does that? So, not the players. I, 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 I exempt the players from criticism. You know, they might feel that they could have played better. I wouldn't have to disagree with that. But exempt from criticism. My criticism is to the club and the Potters who own it, and that I think they've got what they deserve now. Uh, you cannot do that. You can't just have four managers in a season and also treat Nigel um, the way that they did. That, that I think that was really shabby. Really shabby. Um, and uh, I think they've got what they deserve. I have to say, guys, I, I don't think yep. you'll find many people in football, apart from Watford fans, who have a great deal of sympathy yeah. for Watford getting relegated. The difference being Bournemouth, you'll find a lot of people yeah. hugely sympathetic about Bournemouth's demise having kept him in the league, Eddie, for five years. But that's a difference. You know, it's a well-run club. Look after the players, looked after the manager. And and just wasn't wasn't good enough this year, but there'll be sympathy around for them. Yeah, I what would fun? agree with that. Not announced.
1: Completely agree with that, Andy. You're always so generous, man. Thank you so much. It's, I re- I recognise a pleasure, massive guys. privilege to talk to you. Thank you so much, man, and I wish you all the best and enjoy your time off. Cheers, Pop.
0: Thank you, guys. Have a good summer, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man.
1: Cheers, Andy. Thank Thanks, you.
0: man. Bye bye.